Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We are here in the state of Montana, and uh, we are in the heart of Big Sky Conference basketball season. And the Big Sky uh, was in full effect on Saturday. Uh, both the uh, men's and women's teams from Montana and Montana State in action. They had another good night, as you mentioned in the news, 3-1 and one collectively from the four teams playing Big Sky Conference basketball. Um, the Montana State men... They got a one-point victory in a a thrilling game against Weber State Thursday of last week. Then they went to Idaho State, and they handled their business. It was a tie ball game at halftime. And then Montana State, behind outstanding shooting in the second half, won the second half by 11, and consequently, with a tie score at the half, the game by the same margin, 65-64. Balanced scoring, four guys in double figures. Jabril Bello led the team with 16 points. But he had 16-8. and eight. Devin Kirby, coming back off of the injury, starting to work back into it more, 14-10. and 10. So, I mean, those two guys go 30-18. and 18. That's, that's fantastic production, production from your interior tandem. And in a sport that has migrated to the exterior, to the guard position, and in a conference where, frankly, outstanding big guy, big man play – is is not readily available to have two guys who are this size, particularly in DK's, you know, six eleven plus arm span, even bigger than that. And Jabril Bello, I think, is six eight six nine in six, his nine, own yeah. right. Yeah, he's. A, I mean, a, a very big guy. That's that's a real uh, force to me for the Montana State Bobcats, particularly when you know when he is with uh, uh, Harold Frey, who's you know 
right, probably the greatest true point guard in the Big Sky Conference, the best true point guard in the back, in uh, in the conference right now. By the way, I misspoke. Jabril Bello did have 16, but Amina Damu led the Cats with 19 mm-hmm. points in this game. But all four of those guys, I mean, if they're scoring in double figures, they're in good shape, and they won this game. Look, by Big Sky Conference standards this year, this was a blowout, <laughs> 11 points. I mean, unbelievable the way this has gone. So an unbelievable road trip. And after having two pretty disappointing games at home for Montana State where they, they lost them both, even after a week of, of rest and a week of preparation to get ready for Eastern Washington, and lost that game by like 16, they go on a road trip, sweep the roadie, including at Weber where they hadn't won in a decade, and now have another week off before they head for Missoula and go uh, play the Montana Grizzlies, and they're now above five hundred and five and four. And and you know, you go to sleep one weekend, you're not feeling great. You wake up the ne- and you're feeling great again. And 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 Montana State certainly the win at Weber was a huge one, and then they they uh, they were the better team uh, for sure in Pocatello. Definitely what they needed to do to get right because they they had been playing well and then they had not been playing well right. and then they went back to playing well and uh, you know th- this is to me this win at Idaho State is very revealing to the changes that Montana State has made both schematically and mentally during the Brian Fish era Montana State they got up and down and they scored points and shot the ball as prolifically from the outside as anybody in the league. And when they shot the ball well, particularly when Tyler Hall shot the ball well, they were as good as anybody. The problem with Montana State the last several years is when they didn't shoot the ball well, Hall would fade and the team would not be able to compete. They wouldn't be able to compete. It it was either hit 15 threes and win going away and, and show your potential, but they could never figure out a way to gut out wins when they didn't shoot the ball well. Well, Harold Frey was only 3 of 15. And they were one of 11. And they were one of 11 from, I mean, man, if you used to be able to hold Montana State under 10 three-pointers made, you were in business. Yeah. I mean, they were making 11 or 12 a game when Tyler Hall was there because he was good for four of them because he was going to get up 10 or 12 of them no matter what. And when he was on fire, he'd hit seven or eight. It's going to be interesting to see if Harold Frey does ever catch fire because you know it's coming. And... I mean, you talk about how do you get yourself out of a shooting slump. There's nobody in the league, I guarantee it, that puts in more work than Harold Frey. I mean, he loves basketball. If you yeah. go, if you want to go have some fun, go watch the, his shooting workouts. He does Ray Allen style, 45 straight minutes before games. I mean, he's he's amazing to watch. Even before practice, after practice, he'll put in the work. He'll he'll figure it out. But to me, them being able to win on the road. With making one three pointer, it, it's it's exactly what's changed about their program. Mm. They figured out how to win in different ways, and they've also figured out how to continue to play hard even when they don't shoot the ball well. And that's so key for a team that still is largely built on shooting. I mean, think about this team going on the road and sweeping the Weber State Idaho State trip with not only Harold Frey going zero of six from beyond the arc, but having Layden Ricketts score two points. I mean, Ricketts right now is shooting 33% from three in league play. Harold Frey's shooting about 35%. Those guys are better shooters than that. But if you're winning without them shooting well, then what kind of threat do you become when they start shooting that's well? That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's they they found a way to win. A lot of the numbers in this game would say Montana State probably doesn't win this game. And not only do they win it, they won it by double digits. What's their turnover count? They had 12 turnovers. That's the magic number. 12 or less, they're always in business. Idaho State had 15 
Uh, and so that's obviously a significant part of it. And Montana State, even though they did not shoot well uh, from beyond the arc, did shoot pretty well from the floor, all things considered. I mean, they shot 48%, uh, excuse me, they shot 49%, basically 50% from the floor. And that includes one of 11 from three. So, I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, a very high two-point percentage, which if it's not happening outside, it did happen inside for Montana State. So they are five and four, and they now have the week off. And we're going to get to this because Mon- uh, Montana does not have the week off. They play at Portland State, the men do, on Thursday before hosting Montana State on Saturday. So we'll get into that. The Grizzlies, on the other hand, Coulter, they uh, they found a way to win by three against Idaho State. And then they went to Weber, and it looked like they had the game in hand. It, it, it was never... This was by no means like, a, oh, this thing is over, but they were in control of a lot of this game and up seven with about two minutes to go. And Weber State did what you have to do in a moment like that. They went three stop three and scored six unanswered points in a matter of 30 seconds, two possessions, and made it a one point game. And from there on out, it was, you know, it was balanced on a, on a, on a razor's edge back and forth. The game ends up going to overtime and uh, Weber state outscores the Grizzlies in the overtime by, uh, by two points and wins this thing. 87, 85 was 15, 13 in the extra period. Saeed Pridget career high, 33 points in this game, 29 shots. I mean, he was, he, for, for not having played as much in Ida in Pocatello, he was ready to go in this one played all 45 minutes of this game and, uh, and shot just a shade under 50%, but still scored 33 points. And yet it wasn't quite enough. Timmy falls played well. Josh Vasquez played well in this bas- in, in this basketball game. By far his best shooting game of the conference season. What did I say on the show last week? I said when he hits one, he's going to hit yep, four, and yep, he did. Yeah, he did. He went seven, uh, excuse me, he went four of six uh, from, from the field. But and he four went of four from three. Perfect from deep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But Jarek Harding counterbalance Saeed Pridget with 32 in this game, including some clutch threes down the stretch, five of nine from beyond the arc, and much more efficient. He scored his 32 on 19 shots as opposed to 29 shots, and he ultimately down the stretch was the difference maker, especially after Timmy Falls fouled out. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. This is where you really got to get some in-depth analysis in terms of the way that teams scout and the way that teams prepare and the way that teams play defense because I don't want to downplay the fact that Syed Pridget scored 33 points, but the fact that Syed Pridget scored 33 points on 29 shots, that's what lost Montana the game. Yeah, it's not. It's the, not. The, scout, the scout has been to trap the ball screen, to trap Pridget when he's coming off the ball screen, and to 
try to sell out to not let him get in the lane because he's the best finisher at the rim in the league. It's not close. But Said Pridget, to his absolute credit, which I think has then made him become the leader in the clubhouse for league MVP, he went away for early. He was kind of forcing it, and that was giving him troubles. He went straight up, I'm just going to, when I have a one-on-one, get to the rim, and then if I don't, if I get trapped, become the distributor. And he had that sweet little run where he was averaging about eight and a half assists a game over a three-game span. Mm-hmm. He had right. 10 assists in a game. He had eight assists in two other games. So, uh, to his credit, it was a great adjustment. Ray Ray, on this show on Friday, said he thought that Side Pridgett was the best player in the league. And early, Side Pridgett looked like that. He had 17 points in the first half, and he had it going. But Weber State... It was almost as if they knew that Saeed Pridget knew that he had it going, so they dared him to take what is his worst shot. When he gets the ball and he turns and faces and gives you that jab step and then he shoots that 17-foot step back, he can make it. He can make it at a 45% clip probably, which is really good for that shot. It's a bad shot. Yeah. In modern basketball, it's a bad shot. That's why Montana was able to, to – or that's why Weber State, I, I should say, was able to keep this thing close – I mean, there was a stretch where I think Syed Pridget, he missed, I think he missed 10 out of his 14 shots after halftime, and he had a stretch where he missed six straight shots, including there was the stretch in the last 90 seconds where he took two different baseline jumpers from 18 feet without putting the ball on the court. He was, I mean, he was in one-on-one. And he, again, he's one of the best players in the league, so it's him shooting the ball is a lot better option than a lot of other things that could happen during a possession. Right. But it's not the best. And we talked about this last year. Syed Pridgett ended up being Montana's leading scorer last year on a team full of stars that could score the ball. But there became a point in league play where, this, and this is so interesting because this is a matriculation of everything that's changed in basketball in general, the the emphasis on the three-point shot. A three's worth more than a two, period. So if you can trade it, you will. And Pridgett is such an amazing scorer, but he's a really he, he's a he's a subpar free throw shooter, and he's not a good three point shooter. And so, if you can get into a duel like they were in with Jarek Harding, where you can dare him to take the fifteen footer, which he's he's apt to do sometimes, and you he, he's not knocking down his free throws, yeah. he's not making threes. Now, all of a sudden, even when he's scoring thirty three points, you're taking that, and that's what so many teams did last year. They said. Rory and Oguini are not going to beat us. We'll let Pridgett score his 20 or 25 because he's never going to hit that three that gives you the momentum. Yeah. He's never going to get the and one. Sometimes he does, but sometimes he doesn't. Well, a and lot so, of teams lost anyway. Well, no, no doubt. Year. No doubt. No doubt. And, and I mean, we're really splicing hairs here. This is this yeah. is where you get to a point where you're covering a program that is so undeniably successful like these guys. You start mincing hairs. I mean, at All the right. end of the day, it's 33 points. But I'm just saying well, from a game plan perspective, you could tell we were state. They were okay with Syed Pridgett scoring 33 because they knew that if they could hold everybody else in check, mainly Kendall Manuel, because the Manuel, when Manuel hits five threes in a game, that's when you're in trouble. Right. Um, the the thing to me about the trading threes for twos deal from from uh, uh, you know the the basketball psychology of it, it's presuming you're shooting say forty percent from three and roughly forty five percent from two. At which point, yes, it's much better to take a three than a two. The difference, though, for uh, Said Pridget is that he has been a guy who at times has shot 70 and even 80% from the field and not on four or five attempts on, on middle team on eight on 15, 16 attempts. Totally. And, and when you do that, shoot the twos all day long. Totally. But like you said, in this particular game, it was a lot more 
mid mid range. He's seen game plans where the game plan is to take away everybody else and let him do work one on one. He's also seen game plans where the game plan is to take him away. And the, the thing is that people forget that Saeed Pridget was a point guard in high school. Saeed Pridget is actually at his best as the guy who plays on the ball and works as a secondary scorer, but a primary facilitator. Yeah. Yeah. He's great at being the primary scorer. He's been able to rise to that occasion. But I also think that Montana's just at their best. I mean, to me, a Saeed Pridget 18, 8, and 8 is way more impactful and way more significant for Montana than a Saeed Pridget 33. No doubt. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, no, no question about it. I mean, he had two assists, uh, and Montana had thirteen assists. To That's me, right. to me, their magic number is more like fifteen. And when they have twenty, they're going to kill you. The other thing that Travis said, or the, the one thing that stood out to me though, that Travis said after the game, he said, "If you watch the way that Weber State celebrated, this was a team that was desperate for a win, and they had to have it. They needed it, and they got it. And I'm not sure that we, speaking about his team, were as." as desperate wanted it as bad as they did and you know what hard to imagine you know it's hard to match that when a team there the, they feel like their their season is maybe in the balance in this night going against the best team in the big sky conference to prove that they can win a game when they have been so down and injured and everything else it was a massive game for weber state especially after the loss to msu the way that they lost it it's hard to match that level of of it doesn't exist, right? One team had to have it, and the other team just simply didn't have to have it, and so it's hard to play like you do when you don't. That's not an excuse. It's a reality. That said, Montana was right there once again, and this is another 2.1 possession game that goes to overtime. The Grizzlies still on top 7-2, and two, Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado, both 5-2, and two, and then Southern Utah at 4-3 and three after that, followed by Montana State at 5-4. and four. So uh, the Cats and the Grizz have both played these nine games now. They're almost at the halfway mark of the conference season, and, uh, and, and that's where we sit with Montana still a full game uh, ahead of, of the next two after them. Them. But again, they've been so good, Montana, as at winning close games mm-hmm. that when you drop a close one, you go, there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas in, in how it sort of played out, I think, at some level. Well, I, I think that if you were to say that coming into this thing, that Montana would be 7-2 and two with their two losses being at Northern Colorado and in overtime at Weber... Before we knew anything that we know about the right. league, now you'd say, "Okay, wow. you're you're cooking with really gas. Good. Yeah, is, yeah, this is right. great." Right. To, I mean, to me, this box score is so it's so indicative of just truly how important three point shooting can be. Right. Montana made eight threes, but four of them were by Josh Vasquez. You're you're going to take that from a guy who missed his first 18 threes in conference play. That's right. He had not hit a shot, so they were going to let him be the one to shoot it because. You get Kendall Manuel to go 0 for 5. Manuel was shooting 53% from deep coming into this game. It's a give and take. Right. Jared Samuelson has been the X factor. He's been the person that has been destroying opponents that no one was prepared for. His ability to run the pick and pop and shoot threes. If Jared Samuelson hits five or six threes in a game, the Montana is going to win, I think, 100% of the games that, yeah. that he does that right. in. And they didn't let him shoot a three. They, in fact, chased him out of the game and didn't let... I mean, he only played 15 minutes. Yeah. That's where the, the scout comes. It's Tuchel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll talk about the women's game here in just a minute, and it looks like, and we're very happy about this, that uh, Travis DeCure, the head coach of the Montana men's basketball team, is going to join us here on the show in a little bit. We've been efforting him kind of in real time, given the events of, of yesterday, and then obviously basketball season. It is uh, Cat Grizz 
basketball week after all as well. So uh, he will join us here in a couple minutes as well. So we'll look forward to talking to him. Wanted to touch quickly on what happened in the women's uh, games over the weekend and specifically on Saturday. Montana State, uh, they held serve at home. A tough uh game. They were pushed a little bit, but they did win by eight over Idaho State, 67-59. They remain on top of the Big Sky Conference at eight and one. They are a game ahead of Idaho, who is six and one. And then after that, it's kind of everybody. Northern Arizona, five and three. Portland State, six and four. The Lady Grizz, they bounce back against Weber State. Certainly a game they were expected to win. Weber State is very, very down on the women's side this year. But again, after such a, a, a frankly poor showing against idaho state on thursday this is a game that you go okay well what's going to happen well they asserted themselves the lady Grizz did 85 57 handled weber state easily and they're now back above 500 to five and four a stat that appeared in joel carlson's press release joel carlson sports information director for uh, montana handles women's basketball it's a great stat and and one that that absolutely blew my mind after turning the ball over 23 times on Saturday, Weber State has committed 422 turnovers in 18 games. That seems like north of where you want to be. That's insane, dude. A 24 turnover <laughs> game is like a, a historic rate of turning the ball over, and they're averaging 23 point something turnovers per game. That's that, that's mind blowing. Yeah, I, I, a 20 turnover. If you ever watched a game where a team commits 20 turnovers, it is not good to watch. Yeah. And so to be averaging like that, I mean, that that in itself, you, you will never win. You will lose by 40 every time if well, that's no the case. Doubt. But it, it was it was the medicine the Lady Grizz needed. Now we'll see because as we've seen, when it's good, it's good. That's when right. it's bad, it's bad. How do they get it to be all the way good? I watched the Montana State-Idaho State game um, from start to finish. Yeah. I was so curious to see the matchup because Montana State has so many great skilled players, so many young ladies that can – get up and down the court, can shoot, can handle the ball. But no one would describe them as some sort of physical team. Yeah. But they showed great physicality, and they matched Idaho State in physicality right. straight up. And so I thought that that was a, a huge step for them to just to outlast a Bengals team and remain in first place from a team that's trying to rough you up from start to finish. I thought it was a huge step for Montana State. Well, women. they're 8-1. and one. They get the Lady Grizz in Missoula on Saturday before that. The Montana women have to go on the road. Uh, excuse me. They play Portland State at home in Missoula on Thursday. Portland State a half game ahead of them in the standings at 6-4. and four. Take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue talking about the scheduling of this in Cat Grizz Weekend. Uh, we'll be joined here soon by Travis Secure, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Hey, at the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. Whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late-night game of poker, the Silver Slipper has what you're looking for. Head to the Slipper for the big game, watch the game, and enjoy food and drink specials all day this Sunday. The Slipper is your sports headquarters. 56 televisions to watch games on, drink specials every day, a full liquor store, Tarantino's Pizzeria, and the friendliest staff in town. Visit thesilverslipperlounge.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's Best kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Perhaps talk a little bit of Cat Grizz in the week that is Cat Grizz with an odd Thursday game in there that Montana State does not have. By the way, that the inverse of that is the case the next time these teams match up, where Montana State will be playing on the Thursday against Portland State as well, while Montana will have the whole week off. So it is it evens out over the course of the season, but this week it's a weird deal. It's harder for the Grizzlies, uh, both men's and women's, to have to play on a Thursday and then on a uh, on the Saturday as well against the rival. But uh, that's the way that it sets up. But also uh, certainly want to talk to Travis DeCure about Kobe Bryant and his passing and being – uh, uh, in the sport, a career, making a career of the sport, and with with kids who are uh, have have had a basketball life uh, that has only known Kobe Bryant in it. Uh, so we we'll talk to him about that when he joins us here in a little bit. Coulter, just quickly on the schedule here, it is this very odd asymmetry. I don't recall it having been like this before. I thought that the the teams that you were tra- they had the travel pairs and then. Uh, the case in the state of Montana, of course, it's Montana and Montana State that are traveling and playing uh, the same opponents on opposite days. Uh, and then when you play each other that week, you have the week off or you don't have a Thursday game, basically. And so you have the full time to prepare for whoever that opponent would be. This year is a weird deal where in this particular week, Montana State will be traveling to Missoula to play this game, both men's and women's, and they will have this entire week off. They don't play again until Saturday in Missoula. The Grizzlies, however, both have a game on Thursday. The men are on the road, making it even more difficult. They got to get to Portland State on Thursday, play the game Thursday night, get back to Missoula, play the Cats on Saturday. Now, in three weeks, February 22nd, which is the uh, Cat Grizz game in Bozeman, it'll be Montana State's turn to have to play Portland State. Uh, on the Thursday, while Montana will have the week off. So again, it it sort of comes full circle as far as that goes. But this is to not be playing the rival who is also your travel partner on e- even rest in either case, in either game, is an odd uh, sort of happenstance of the schedule that they've elected to s- take here. I realize that there's no look. There's no great way to do the schedule. I don't think everybody's thrilled about it. Also, I don't know exactly what the answer is, except for moving conference play forward a little bit or something like that. But as far as it goes right now, this week for Montana, who beat by the way Portland State, the men did by 15 in Missoula early in the season. Now they got to go on the road and try and and prove it, as it were, and get the road section of that uh, uh, of that matchup against the Vikings Thursday. I mean, there's just so much I, I could say about this stuff. I mean, when you're sitting there making the schedule and everybody's lobbying for what, what their argument is, this schedule is way more haphazard than last year. Last year, Northern Colorado was the lone wolf. This year, I'm not sure who the lone wolf is. We need to figure that out in terms of the scheduling. But the lone wolf was then 
traditionally getting the random Monday games. And the lone wolf, by the way, for those of you wondering, there's 11 teams in the Big Sky Conference, which means everybody right. has a travel partner except for one team. You right, got but they number. also got rid of the concept of travel partners, and that particularly pertains, like Montana, Montana State are still travel partners, but they don't yeah. complete they don't complete the trip in the same fashion. In other words, the trips used to be so cohesive, Eastern Washington and Idaho. Now, they like Montana State has already been to Idaho and Montana has already been to Eastern Washington, but they didn't play the other game. They came mm. home and played a home game. Mm. So there's some sporadic well, things going even on this there. This week, one team's playing, the other team isn't. So when they when they right. meet on Saturday, Montana will have played one more game than will have Montana State going into that game. So when you're an administrator or a coach for a school that's not Montana or Montana State, you sit there and argue that my game against Northern Colorado is as big as Montana State's game against Montana. That's not true. Right. But the league's not going to be able to ever cater towards the the other. Yeah, I mean, the, the at league the, has at the to take the, a dispassionate view. I mean, of at this. the end of the day, the most highly attended league game that will be in the league this year will be on Saturday in Missoula when Montana hosts Montana State. Period. It will be the most well attended and highest pressure atmosphere for a league game in the league this year. Right. That's a fact. Correct. But there's only two schools that can argue that fact and have and and have it resonate with the league whatsoever. If you're Northern Colorado or Portland State or NAU or anybody else in the league, you're standing on the table screaming, saying, No, there's no game that's bigger than another game. We have big games too. Right. right. There's just a lot of concessions that have been made to get rid of the the notion that the Montana schools get favoritism because they're the most well-followed schools. And then sometimes it seems to me like the league is actually reverted towards providing disadvantages. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what's better or worse. I mean, like this, I think that the way you spin it, if you're the Grizz, it sucks to have to go to Portland state and then come back and then play the cats. But also you could use it as sort of a tune up, loosen up, but you also have some pressure going to Portland State because there's great crowds the last two times Montana's played out there because there's a lot of Grizz alums out there. There's a new arena. It's not that tough of a trip. And you've also lost there. I mean, the last time they played at that arena, Montana lost. But the other side of the argument is that Montana won a hard-fought and emotion-filled Cat Grizz game last year and then had to play Northern Colorado on Monday. And it was right. the most flat that they've looked in right. the Travis DeCure era. And it's not their fault. I mean, they left it all on the court against the Cats. Right. And then they have to play the second best team in the league. And they come all the way down the wire and they ended right. up losing by two. But, I mean, that's almost a scheduled loss, which I think is just so short-sighted by the league. Because it's just another step towards... And again, is Montana going to be the absolute cream of the crop best team in the big sky for the rest of time? No. And so you can't make rules that indicate such things. Sure. But on the other hand, like if Montana wouldn't have had to play that Monday game last year, they would have had one less conference loss likely, and they would have been in a better position in the tournament, and it hurts the whole league. So I don't know what the solution is. All I know is what is happening now is flawed, and to deny the fact that the game on Saturday isn't bigger than other games, and so then to subsequently schedule with some sort of idea that it makes the playing field even, I just don't like it. Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the, the the evenness of it or whatever. It's just the fact that, like, on any given night, there is no possibility that all the teams in the Big Sky Conference can play 
Right. Like you got 11 teams. Somebody ain't playing tonight or or whatever. And so that sort of hopscotch of what team isn't playing tonight bounces around. And the, the, the league, it seems to me, did what they could in terms of going well. The night or the game, the Thursday before the Cat Grizz game one, Bozeman's not going to play. The Thursday before Cat Grizz game two, Montana's not going to play. And right. hopefully there's right. broad speaking equity there. The problem is, though, there isn't an, as they say, elegant solution to this. When you have 11 teams, you want to play because it used to be very even, very obvious. The schedule made all kinds of sense, except for you didn't play four teams twice, right. which was. I think the the most egregious of all of these, where all of a sudden maybe you don't get three of the four best teams in the conference at home. You got to go on the road to play them all, but you don't get the the uh, the reciprocity of that. Right, that's no good. And totally. so they said, okay, you know, we they one team leaves, you know, in North Dakota, and now you know maybe we can figure out how to do a twenty, you know, a twenty game conference schedule. Everybody plays everybody twice, but again, it's still very much a you know, square peg in a round hole on the schedule side of it. And the only way that changes is by somehow elongating, presumably on the front end, the duration of the conversation, not the number of games, but how how long it is that you're trying to fit them in. Because basically what it comes down to is you're adding a third game in a week at least once, if not twice, during the course of the season to get them all to fit. But again, if you start conference play, before Christmas, what does that do to scheduled games, to money games, to all that? So, I mean, it's I, I, let's put it like this. I'm glad I'm not the one <laughs> who got to sit there and, you know, try and pacify the group. It's not as if the Montana schools are the only ones that have issues. I mean, sure. Weber State had to go to Portland on Monday and then host the Montana schools Thursday, Saturday. So, I mean, they were playing their third game in six days when they beat the Grizz. So, a huge testament to them to go to overtime and win that game. I right. mean, that's that's a big win, especially after getting shellacked by Portland State no on Monday. It's, to me, man, it's it's the league. I mean, the, the the league needs to it needs to readjust its membership. I don't, but I don't know how you go about doing that. Yeah, I, like, I don't necessarily. I don't really know if you can like. People always talk. We should kick these teams out of the league. Can you kick? teams out of a conference? I don't think so. Most of the time when there's conference movement, it's because someone decides to leave on From their the own school. Accord. Yeah, the school wants to go. I mean, I'm sure there are circumstances in which you would do it, but I, I, let's put it like this. I think that well, we have an asymmetric schedule is probably not cause for removing an entire institution. It's got to be broader than that. Sutel Nuwana's 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll take another quick break. We'll come back. We'll do a long final segment. we got a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, there's actually a pretty interesting baseball move uh, that uh, is worth talking about and will resonate in Missoula. Leover Paguero, one of two prospects traded for Starling Marte. Pretty good mm. value to get uh, on a trade like that. And again, uh, we continue to uh, effort Travis DeCure, uh, who is going to, uh, I think, join us here in this uh, in this final segment to talk about, uh, well, everything that's transpired over the course of this past weekend. We'll take a quick break, come back after this. Hey, the Polaris New Year's sale event 
is on now, and it is the time to find your perfect ride at Kurtz Polaris. With financing as low as 3.99% APR for 36 months and savings up to $3,500, Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and on Highway 83 in Sealy. The mountains are full of snow, and Kurtz has all the best machines, apparel, and accessories to take full advantage of the season. You can be warm and safe, and hey, look great, too. How about that? Online at KurtzPolaris.com. The most fun you can have in snow, Kurtz Polaris. Winter awaits. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Wanted to give a couple of quick uh, updates here, and we'll see if we uh, can get Travis secure here in the end, but... Leover Paguero was from about, oh, I don't know, the third inning of the season on, if you were watching, the best player on the Missoula Osprey. No questions, both directions. I mean, defensively and offensively was absolutely outstanding. He's the kid who completely flashed uh, in, uh, in Missoula this last baseball season. He and Brennan Malone, who was the 33rd overall pick in the 2019 draft by the D-backs, have been traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Starling Marte. I mean, Starling Marte, an outstanding baseball player, proven, proven commodity. And it's interesting because when you hear a lot of times Major League Baseball guys being traded, some guy who's a star, some guy who's a great baseball player for prospects, you go, really? You're going to get rid of this guy for a couple of kids? But in Missoula, if you watched Leover Baguero play, you go, Probably a good move. I mean, what what a guy to get in your organization if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, you know, it's it's always interesting to track these things, especially from single-A baseball. The Osprey last year, obviously, the Paddleheads now, but he played for the Osprey, as it were, and now is uh, in the Pirates organization. We'll see what becomes of, of uh, the former Missoula shortstop. Well, yeah, I mean, you never know what the prospects are going to become unless you really, really, really follow minor league baseball. And still, that you don't know how they're going to project. I mean, I never forget when... Cleveland Indians traded Bartolo Colon to the Expos for a bunch of prospects. And I was like, what is going on? Right. Why are they doing this? Right. Well, one of those guys became Cliff Lee. One of those guys became Grady Sizemore. <laughs> and one of those guys became Andy Marte. And I'm like, well, okay. You have three starters, Probably two all-stars, yeah. one Cy Young winner. I mean, but, but then those guys have to fulfill their potential. Right. For Paguero, we talked about this last summer. The Os- or the uh, the Diamondbacks, excuse me, have done such a great job of scouting and developing shortstops. It's their sweet spot. Mm. They've done it for years. He is you could you could see that he has different level of talent. Now yeah. I'm not sure if that means starting in the show or just being in the show or just being a Triple A. Regardless, 
He's not just your average rookie league guy that maybe someday could play in the show like this guy. He is at a higher level. But I was always worried about him getting stuck because Alec Thomas, who was their shortstop a couple years ago, he was also just a teenager who's a phenom who then rose to AAA right away and I believe was the MVP of that All-Star game or at least was a starter in the Futures All-Star game at Mm -hmm. the AAA level. And they also had Sergio Santos, who was the number four overall pick in the draft a couple years ago. So I just worried about Pagaro maybe just getting stuck behind some of those guys in the system. It, because there's there's they're so good at shortstop, which is maybe one reason he they becomes a commodity. Him. Totally. Right? And so now maybe hopefully he can get a chance to develop in the Pittsburgh system. Well, it is interesting. In minor league baseball, I mean, everybody wants to talk about how everybody's here, you know, trying to work their way to the bigs, and certainly that's the case. But the reality is the teams have a handful of guys in their system that they think are, you know, on their way to the big league level. In, in relatively short order, and then maybe a ha- another handful of guys that are potential major league guys if they can develop. Everybody else is just there because you need bodies to play baseball games, and not that these guys aren't good or even great baseball players. They are in their own right. I mean, how good you have to be to play through double-A or triple-A baseball is just, I mean, it's incomprehensibly good at the sport. Uh, but the, the other reality is, is there's not... 25 or 30 or 35 guys on a roster who the organization thinks are all potential big leaguers at some point. You know, when you look at the Missoula Paddlehead roster or the, the you know, the Billings Voyagers, excuse me, Great Falls Voyagers, Billings Mustangs rosters, it just isn't the way it works. So, I mean, you sit here and you go, okay, but Paguero certainly would have been one that you would tab and go, yeah, this is a kid who uh, has has all the potential in the world to be, I think, not just getting into Major League Baseball, but but a productive player, and who knows what beyond that at the at the age of nineteen. Coulter, you also uh, wanted to to tell Nuanas wanted to ninety ESPN Radio just highlight a couple really really I mean it's truly remarkable happenings in track and field at the uh, collegiate level for Montana State this weekend. Montana and Montana State, yeah. in fact, you know I, I know that. Uh, some people can't wrap their mind around my obsession with track, but I think that the thing that appeals to me about track and field so much, first of all, is just the diversity of the events and how that there's something for every type of athleticism, whether you're you're stout and strong or lean and fast or a jumper or an endurance person. You can be small or big or whatever it might be. Like me in the long set. <laughs> and the other thing is that it's so cut and dry in terms of comparing people because your mark is your mark. Mm-hmm. You can be you could win a, a, a national championship at the University of Montana or Montana State in your respective event. You can be on the national stage. We've seen like Erica McLeod, for example, the last couple of years at the University of Montana. She's risen to that national level. Yeah. And when marks happen, you don't need to see the mark to know how much it resonates or know how impressive it really you is. You do need to see the mark. You don't need to see you maybe need the, to see performance. the performance. Right, right, right. Totally. You, know what the, you know what it is. So over the weekend, Noah Martin, who was on the U.S. Junior, he went to the U.S. Junior Olympic Trials hmm. before he got to Montana State, through complete uh, missed connections and, and, connect, and, and past connections, his mother had taken a class from Dale Kennedy, former Montana State, track and field head coach's uh, wife in high school, and that led him then to be recruited at Montana State. But the kid is one of the great high jumpers in the nation, yeah. and he loves Bozeman. 
but he struggled with injuries out the gates, and he could never replicate what his high school marks were until this weekend. He was a 7-1 high jumper in high school. He'd, <laughs> he'd won the Big Sky a couple times with like 6'9", 6'10", marks, which are still huge, but they're not nationally elite. Well, he jumped 7'1 half over the weekend, so it looks like wow. he's finally healthy. That's the first seven foot or above high jump at Montana State in 24 years, the first in the Big Sky in 10, and uh, it right now it is 17th in the world. To put that in perspective, wow. and the kid is, uh, I believe, I don't know what track eligibility. So, so he in, won. Then? He, Did he, he win? won. Okay. He won. Uh, the track eligibility is so interesting. So I'm not sure if he's a sophomore or a junior in terms of the indoor, because you can redshirt an indoor season and go outdoor, or you can out. I don't know where he's at, but he's got a, an, immense, an immense amount of potential. Um, and then the other one worth highlighting is the Humphrey kid from Montana. He was also the Big Sky Athlete of the Week. He threw the hammer 62 feet and some change and broke the uh, program record. So um, pretty elite performances this weekend in track and field. And uh, we'll give you more updates as the indoor meet approaches. Yeah, no doubt. It's 2 tell new one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Um, Coulter, I want to, I think, you know, it's apropos today. We spent, oh, go ahead. I just hate when I don't get the full thing right, and I, my computer died. So I can't. Sean Humphreys is who is the record holder now, sixty-two yep. feet four and a half inches. That's a huge indoor hammer. Anything over sixty is massive. Thank you. Yep. Do want to have accuracy? Um, you know, we spent the first hour talking about, and then hearing from Kobe and also from Jerry West about Kobe Bryant. Um, and I think you know, as we round out the show today, um, you know, it, it's it is. It's a story that is bigger than sports, but certainly it is dominating. I mean, it's dominating headlines across the board in, in the United States uh, here today. But when you talk about this from a perspective of the state of Montana mm-hmm. and what the impact that we saw with Kobe Bryant, what happened yesterday, his death, the manner of it, and then the the greater tragedy of nine souls that were on that helicopter that uh, that that perished. The effect that, that that has had on you and I, as we talked about fairly extensively off the top, but also not just you and I. I mean, it's not, oh, well, these, you know, well, they're, you know, ESPN, they care about sports, they love the NBA, and so it affects them more. It's so much greater than that. I mean, it's selling it so short, it feels to me, to go, Kobe Bryant was such a great basketball player and such a young guy, and the fact that he died is a terrible tragedy, like, doesn't even begin to fill the level that I am, that that I've experienced about this. Like, merely a, and again, I mean, I don't want to make it sound crass, but merely a sports star or figure passing even at an early age even in an accident it just isn't rising to the level of emotion that it i think myself and i think others have experienced about this and i'm still not i mean we talked about some of it i'm still feel like i'm searching for an answer to the question of why is that like what is it about this event and this guy that has that has been so resonant with absolutely everybody I mean, in in many cases, the world over. I think, I think it's because his genius is undeniable, and I think that it didn't matter whether you loved him or didn't love him. When the genius 
when that goes away, when the shooting star mm. isn't burning across the sky anymore, I think we can all feel that. It's not even just to compartmentalize it and have it mm. be absorbed. It, it You can truly feel it. And I also think that Kobe occupies a distinct and unique spot in the courage that he pursued his greatness under. Michael Jordan became the greatest player of all time. But Michael Jordan did not set about to become better than Bill Russell. It, it didn't, I mean, he, he, he yeah. set out to just be the best version of himself. Right. Kobe Bryant proclaimed to the world that he wanted to be the next Jordan and better than Jordan. And then he lived that life under the most bright spotlight that we've ever seen. Well, no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, we'll let you know, Coach DeCure was just just not quite able to get in here right uh, right at the end. So we will try and uh, track him down perhaps tomorrow and see what we can do. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll see if we can get back to him in a little bit. But I, th- I think, uh, or, or tomorrow perhaps. Coulter, you, your point though is really well taken. Like, Look, man, there's, there's, we, you talked about Mark Cuban's quote that, hey, man, in, in, in the country and kind of the state that it's been and the, the, the perceived and very real, I think at times, divisiveness that has been experienced and all the factioning that has happened. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, social media is okay, okay. But this is one thing that has been like a, a, a real rallying point, not even a rallying point, it's been a point of commonality. Uh, of regardless of who you are, of what you are, of what you know, anything that it's uh, okay. Well, let's 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 do it then. Travis DeCure is going to join us here right at the end, but it, it is that thing yeah. that that brings everybody together. We go now to the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team here for the last couple minutes, Travis DeCure and Coach. We really appreciate you getting here on late notice. We only got a couple of minutes, but. Uh, you know, the the news yesterday, uh, a breaking of the passing of Kobe Bryant, completely shocking. But you, a man who your career is in the sport of basketball, you're coaching kids who have grown up, many of whom have Kobe Bryant as the guy, the icon and the thing they've dedicated their lives to in, in a very real way as well. What has the effect of that been to you and, and on your team in this last 36 hours? Um, it's tough to explain. You know, each kid's got to handle it a little differently. Um, At the end of the day, you know, you've got mentors that you look up to, whether you actually know them or you just try to follow suit and and you dream to be at their status one day. Uh, To lose anyone this early in their life is is always going to be tough. Uh, The the thing that that, uh, I think is so shocking is the loss of a 13-year-old, though, and how many 12, 13, 14-year-olds young ladies that affects nationally. Why do you think this resonates so much? I mean, Ryan and I are both talking about this. People that love Kobe, this obviously resonates so much with them, but there's also so many people that maybe didn't like Kobe when he was a player that were devastated by this yesterday. Why is that, do you think? Well, the people that didn't like him, they, they didn't know him as a person, and it wasn't him as a person they didn't like. It, it's, it's the media coverage and how individual relationships uh, were presented uh, you know, in terms of his relationship with Shaquille and other teammates and things like that. But the reality is that everyone respected his drive, his competitiveness, and, and what he stood for as an athlete. Um, and then over a period of time, I think people finally got to know him as a person. You look at what he's done the last few years uh, in a leadership role now that he's retired, and I think the level of respect for him 
has risen probably 100% in the last two years. And to lose him at this point in time, I think, you know, the, the world was just finally getting a chance to get to know him as a person more so than just the athlete. Well, Travis, uh, we're sorry that it's right here at the end of the show, but we really appreciate you coming in and talking to us about this, even in this in this limited time. And we'll continue on this here throughout the week. Okay, thanks so much. No problem. Anytime. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 